0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Tonaries Podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good friend Timmy Long. Hi everyone. I'm Roman Azandadex, and this week we the topic is gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been looking to have somebody that has been have experience of a gambling addiction and that's doing well today. So I'm delighted to introduce Owen Coyne from Yall. How's the farm? Alright lads, not too bad, thanks for having me on. Thanks Thank for agreeing to come on the podcast. No bother. i seen yeah. an article during the week on the Irish Examiner. Yeah. Um, so I know a small bit about you. But for those who know
1: nothing about you, who are you and where are you from? And what was the crack growing up? Uh, yeah, Owen Coyne from Yall. Um, a bit about me. uh m- Married with two young two young boys, um Michal and Donna, they're six and two. And Jennifer is at home with the lads now. Uh growing up, pretty normal childhood growing up like. Um it was myself and my older brother, uh David, and it was my mum, da- my dad. Um Dave was about 80 months older than me, so we were quite close, you know, and very normal. Like my parents were young when they had us, and um... Uh, all all is grand. Like, but um, they they separated when when they when I was about seven, and um... like you know, like they just weren't getting on. And in fairness to them, they were as, as I said, they were they were young when they had us, and like you know. If, if they weren't getting on, they made, they made a decision and it came mm. from a place of love that instead of, instead of having one unhappy home, mm. let's have two happy homes. Mm. And in fairness, that's what, that's what I had growing up, you know. Um, I split my time equally between my mums, and my dad's. Mm. Uh, with, with, with my brother, we spent four days here and four days there, mm. uh, you know, and um, very, very normal. Got, you know, had, had the best of everything. Never wanted for anything, never wanted for love, never wanted for, you know, uh, a bike or, you know, any Just new things. Se- Just normal, normal things very that normal. kids like to have. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Do you know, and... Um, what's,
0: it, what's it like growing up in Yale? Because, you know, Yale is like... Um, the canaries, Fenaries like uh, <laughs> And my my idea it's of your, the summer comes. My idea of y'all is like what you see on neighbours on the telly, you know. <laughs> mm. But we have like was was it time spent on the beach or was it just something that you take for granted when you're a yarly? Really?
1: Do you know it's weird, like um love the beach always. Uh, my dad had a horse and trap uh, and he used to bring it to the beach every summer, like he worked in the in the carpets and like he'd take he'd take two weeks off during the summer. And he'd go to the beach and he'd, he'd give the pony and trap rides like, and he'd probably make more on his two weeks off than he did yeah. working on the carpets, mm-hmm. you know. But um, we used to go with him, myself and my brother, and we'd bring a friend or two and we'd bring a, a hurley or we'd bring a soccer ball or whatever like that and uh, just spend the day on the beach. Um, and all the Norris then be handing over their one pound or two pounds, and two pound to be cleaning them out. <laughs> yeah, come that you know, night,
2: come that night, then when there's a lot of drinking, rob and it and back, you <laughs> tell them to go back home. <laughs> yeah, no, cleaning nah. in the GGS. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know GGS, my
1: are But um, no. yeah,
2: it's, it's like growing up, something pretty, pretty yeah. normal and safe, mm. you know. Um, yeah. you know, we we we've something in common. I'm a compulsive gambler as well. Yeah. you know, I, I'm nine years now away from a gambler as well and it's great to have somebody else on the show like, mm-hmm. that I can relate to as well in that sense so um, when did really when did the gambling start like how how young was it before you started to enjoy the gambling
1: so when I was about 14 or 15 um, my brother worked in the greyhound track in y'all and uh, he was doing his leaving cert finished his leaving cert and he got an apprenticeship so he was packing in his job at the greyhound track, part-time job in, in school and stuff like that. And um, he said to the boss, oh, my brother there, he's uh, just finishing his junior short. He's going into transition here, there, um, looking for a job, whatever. So it was Grant like, uh, started do, working there about 10, 12, 15 hours a week, working on the race nights up in the judge's box, you know, doing the photo finish and all that kind of thing. And then the day after race night then you'd be working doing trials people would come and trial their dog or cleaning after the race night all this kind of stuff you know so um it was very harmless then like you might have a euro on the tote or two euro on the tote and kind of got into it then like and um you was, were 14 or 15 at that stage and mm. um like gambling on the tote for a minor wasn't made illegal until 2020 so, like, there was nothing wrong with that. Now, probably, I don't know if, if there was anything around me working there and the ethics around that, but, like, at 14, I didn't give a shit like that, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, got into it then very innocently and had a couple of winners there. I remember, like, one night I won 40 quid, another night I won 60 quid and going home and your wages are kind of bumped up that little bit, you know. So it definitely started there and then as the years kind of went on working there, I worked there from about 14 or 15 until I was 19, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, I was about 16 the first time that I ever kind of, in the back of my mind, kind of thought there's something going on here, you know. Um, We used to collect our wages at the start of the night, going in on a race night on a Friday night. And... uh, I went in anyway, and about a 100, 150 quid. I can't remember, but um, started the night about half seven, and then by half ten I was walking out, and a penny left. Do you know, and like for someone who's sixteen, like living at home uh, with their mum or dad, <clears throat> and having a hundred and fifty quid where you have no bills to pay, like probably going bushing at the weekend with your. Mm. friends where you get a couple of cans and it's only going to cost you about 25 quid um like you know you could buy new clothes and stuff like that do you know like mm. it, it, it was grand like but like for me to walk out of it then like at at, at 16 or 17 and and n no money for the weekend like how did that affect
2: you psychologically because i know like when you have a, a, a loss like that particularly when you're 16 years of age and you have 150 euros in your pocket, which is a lot of money when you're right. that age, um, and then you lose your week's wages on a few a few bets, you know, that that does affect your head yeah. mentally.
1: How, how, how would it affect you? I, w- I was kicking myself, like, I was like, you're some fucking idiot. Mm. Look, you're what a tick what a thick fucking idiot. You know, going home... And, like, friends of mine were working there as well. Like, when I started working there, I got a couple of my friends' uh, jobs out there as well. And they weren't, they weren't really into the gambling the way I was. They'd have a bet here and there. But, like, they'd take it or leave it, you know? So, like, I was like, why the fuck can't I be like them, you know? Mm. And I was really annoyed with myself. Um, and kind of, that's when kind of, like, the, the thing of, like, self-loathing kind of came in, you know? Really kind of beating myself up going home and like you'd have to lie then do you know to your mm. parents like as to do you know why you're looking for 20 quid on a saturday when you got paid on a friday mm. do you know or like saying to my brother who was doing the friendship here and know any chance mm. of you want to be there mm. do you know or yeah. things like that and like do you know they're looking at you and they're like what, what, what do you mean like mm. do you know it's those kind of things then like that's kind of how it crept in and I suppose the more that goes on the more it progresses the kind of the the deeper you get into it and the more it kind of exposes other problems mm. you know and other maybe like insecurities within myself you know kind of brought them to the surface like do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah and true.
2: even the, the, the lying the, the lying you yeah. know the lying the sneaking yeah and I remember you said they're getting loans off your parents again or your brother or whatever like you're you're actually getting a loan to go back to the bookies yeah to to try to make back the money that you lost, you know, I remember one time there I was after to get my full week's wages on a Friday um I was in the bookies, I think it was four or five hundred euros at the time, um, I was in the bookies for about an hour, lost everything. I was devastated. I was supposed to go away for the weekend, mm-hmm. you know I had to go home to tell my mother i I had no money for her for her wages. I told him I lost my wages. You know, and I've I done that a number of different times you know yeah. it was either like you start running out of excuses then yeah. you know f- from where the money's after after going you know because you can't tell them the truth of it because if you tell them the truth that you lost it in the bookies or wherever else you lost it you know they're going to be on your back then watching you so you can't go to the bookies and, and that's going to make your gambling addiction worse off. So you have to protect where you're spending the
1: money as well, don't you? Or even like you might have to face the consequences, like, you know? Yeah. And if you can make up something where you don't have to confront what's going on, like, yeah. then you know, it buys you a bit of time and it buys you that kind of you know and like probably deep down people know you're lying anyway, like
2: I suppose, do you know. You're looking for them to feel sorry if you because exactly. well, you're licking your paws. Yeah because you lost so much money. Mm. You're licking your paws. last thing you want is somebody else to be giving you a load
1: of shit Mm. because you're after losing a load of money yeah you know and like i don't know but what i used to do then is like i kind of know where to go in terms of who to give the sob story to every now and again it'll be a different person like you know Mm. call up to my grandparents there on a sunday how are you getting on ah not too bad uh how's work going how's school going and i didn't have too many hours now this week you know i only got paid 30 euro this week or do you know i'd have a sob story there and here look there's 20 there like you Mm -hmm. know and 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 all those kind of things like you you, the lying and the kind of manipulation that you do like it's it's that gets magnified the deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. you get into it and that's kind of how it seemed to spiral Mm -hmm. you know um um, you no, know, having
0: the sorry. have started in do you know the dog track in Yarl? Mm. I mean, I, I'm curious to think, like having a dog track in a town like that, does it? Um, you started gambling younger. Is it common for young people to use the dog track for a couple of euros for bets? Is that how a lot of people like? What way as the gambling scene is Yarl, and do you think the dog track has a big impact on it?
1: Definitely, um, James. I think the dog track, um, like I know lads who are in gambling addiction still at the moment and people who are who i'm friends with and stuff like that who i know started their betting uh life at the greyhound track you know Mm. and um like i it's hard to compare it to other towns because i don't really know and gambling is so prevalent nowadays but definitely like i know lads who have who have, like, been gambling at the Greyhound Tracks since they were nine and ten mm-hmm. and eleven years of age, you know. And, um... I'd like, say it's
0: very hard to move away from the gambling when you've a big gambling hub next to your shop, your local shop is next to the beach mm-hmm. and public toilets, and it's just a big part of the it's town. It's part it? of the culture, like, yeah. yeah. And and the social
2: aspect to it as well. Yeah. You know? Exactly. The, the little
1: group, the yeah. crack with the lads, the
2: gambling, the tips. Yeah. Across and the them. road from Parkston uh-huh. as well, like, you yeah.
1: know, I remember their Friday nights um, when we were about... Do you know, about fourteen, like around the time I started working there, like, you know, a lot of the lads um would have kinda of hung out in parks, in between parks and the Greyhound track on a Friday night, then there was like the steps up in Nakaverry where people would go, mm. um, bushing or whatever like that, you know, so it was all kind of the scene mm. of, of where where to be, like, you know what I mean? Mm. So like i it, 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 i I think it probably has played a part in a lot of people locally um, in, in terms of them spiralling into yeah. uh, those those kind of problems
2: yeah when did it really like at that age 1916 you knew there was a problem you know Um, how did it continue from there then on
1: it's kind of on and off like you know I, like there was times where I could take it or leave it you know and if I was if there was different things going on in my life like I, I, I'd be able to take it or leave it but then it was like gambling for me it was like a fuck it button, like you know, mm. it's like self destruct button. If there was something maybe that that was kind of bothering me, or if I wanted to kind of get away from something, or just block it out of my head, like I just go to the bookies and like do you know, I just get into that frame of mind of blocking the whole world out and just like betting away and things like that. Do you know, if I felt like I was coming under pressure, mm-hmm. do you know, or like. What's the word I'm looking for now? But like, do you know, it, it, do you know if things are getting on top of you? Mm, do you know, mm. um, I kind of used the gambling to kind as an escape, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> as I progressed from there, like, so when I finished school, it, it was affecting my school work as well. Like, you know, mm. I was kind of always, like, I was always good in school. You know, I was, like, I, I was clever enough. Like, you know, mm. um. But I was never applying myself like you know and that's when I look back on it now like I saw my brother in school who like wasn't the most like academic but always like worked hard and was always spending loads of time doing his homework and stuff like that. And I'd be like like in, 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 in things like um, English class and stuff like that like I'd just be there and I'd fucking write down an essay and it'd be very good like and, I, and I, I, I'm i not doing the rest of my homework. fuck that you know mm-hmm. and I just go off and wouldn't bother doing you know putting mm-hmm. the time and effort into it like you know um and like I was kind of just doing enough to get by like I was never doing enough to get on like mm-hmm. I just like I kind of had this thing in my head where where like I was like, oh, sure, I'll just make money from gambling. Like, do you know? Mm-hmm. It's like this. I don't know <laughs> how become, I fuck, how, I'll I'll be, I, yeah. how I made that out
2: because I was always losing. I'll become a professional gambler. Oh, yeah. sure, I said that to myself yeah. so many times. Like, <laughs> you know? yeah. <laughs> hey, a compulsive gambler can never be a professional gambler nah. anyway. It's just fuck. It just doesn't work that way. You know. You know who's coming to my mind when you yeah. say
0: that? Do you know? Dan Bilzerian, the American. Yeah. But you know, like he had this. Um, he's very big on social media. Um, portrays this kind of uh, he made his millions through poker right, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it actually came out that a- he's actually been bankrolled by fucking people using him for publicity and he it all anyway came to a head recently didn't it he was found out that he was lying really, he yeah. didn't make any fucking uh, millions from poker Jeez. but like if you were looking at that you'd be thinking like actually you could make a living from this yeah. but the reality of it is no you actually can't, yeah. so No. no.
2: No, 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 like a lot of people they look at it as in like, "Um, how much did you lose, and like mm-hmm. how much did you win? You might have a big win of of whatever a few hundred euros, a few thousand euros, whatever it may be, you know, but you're counting that big win as in your the top end of everything, whereas nothing about the three hundred you lost last week, the four hundred the week before mm-hmm. that, the six hundred before that, the seven before that you're just thinking about the win and mm. next week, that win will be gone because yeah. you have to spend it all you have to put it back into the bookies. That's the way, and the chase, it's the chase of the compulsive gambler. You know, I, rem- I remember just winning money, then losing it and then trying to win back what you lost and you, that's what you're doing, you're chasing mm. and then you say to yourself, when I get what I started off with or when I win it all back, I'll stop then. It mm. doesn't work like that. You know, because when you're gambling compulsively like that, you're not thinking logically and you're just losing everything mm. on just anything at all you can bet on, you mm. know. Uh, whether, it, whether it was black or red on the roulette, whether it was virtual dogs or horses, mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. You're going to try everything in your power to get that initial feeling mm. of winning that good few quid, you know. Back, yeah, it's never you're never you're it's like you're chasing that Mm. really strong endorphin kick that you got, but it doesn't Mm. come like
0: there was a fella on Twitter yesterday, you might have seen it. He won a 17 and a half grand off 450 bet in England on horses, Mm. and uh, he put up the dock at no all like one of the comments in the on the Twitter, then was this fella saying, Be careful, he says, I won a couple of hundred grand off 35 pounds and lost everything. House, marriage, job, everything after it. Mm-hmm. Because the buzz he got from me he threw everything back in. Yeah. Trying to get that and he never, he, he lost everything. Yeah. So no matter how much you it's win, you'll always, you're always losing. Not, it's,
1: not, it's not about the money. like no. it's, it's all yeah. about chasing. It's the the chase, dopamine yeah. hit like. Yeah. Um, like when I finished up working in the Greyhound track, um, I, I went to college and I was working part time. And where did I get a job? I got a job in the bookies. Do you know
0: you. <laughs> lovely mm. that's like me getting a job in the chemist yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's actually
0: that is the fact I know it's it so it's so true
1: yeah I went like I went, I went working in the bookies like you know but what, what I used to do then the bookies I used to see other people who had problems with gambling and I used to compare myself to them and I'd like show some restraint of saying not not back in virtual horses mm. and I'd say, no they're the fellas with the problem because they're back yeah. in virtual horses. Sure I don't do yeah. that so I don't have a problem. Yeah. And like if if they're way worse than me and they're not getting help, then I probably don't have a problem so like yeah. you know? <laughs> and those kind of things like but like it affect I used to be going in there to the Boo Library inside in UCC, going on to the computers like and just looking at the farm mm. Whether it was soccer or horses or dogs, like I just like get up the Racing Post website, get up um, paddy Power website, get up the you know the Premier League tables, all that. I, like I just I, I was I was enrolled. I I didn't go to college. at All I was enrolled in UCC. Like I like that's all. That's as far as I got. Like I was just enrolled. I used to spend more time on the William Hills down in College Road and Galabi Street. Than I did like in inside inside lectures like you know you took control of everything completely. so on yeah, yeah completely yeah. and 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 it it ruined that experience yeah. for me like you know what I mean I was never into it like and it didn't matter what I was studying or what I was into the gambling was always like high number one priority like you know mm. Um, mm. I remember there like Cheltenham I think it was around mm. two thousand and nine or ten and I was in college for the week and like. It was Paddy's week as well, so like everyone was out and, um, you know, like house parties and stuff like that. And then Cheltenham was on, and everyone was gambling during the week, and I like I lo- I lost all the money I had for the week, and I had no college on a Friday. No, that not did it matter. I wasn't going to go anyway. But like I could tell my parents, like, oh, no college on a Friday. So they asked me to work in the bookies for Gold Cup day. So I So I got to spend home on the boys and um went into work and I had a fiver left like for the weekend and um it was like I remember I was like all right I'll use two euro now to get something to eat I'll get a can of coke and a bar of chocolate that'll keep me going for the day and um I'll bet three euro I bet three horses and the three of them won and they're like eight to one nine to one and two to one and they won like something like 330 euro and I went into the pub that night like and there was a good buzz after them. and I was like buying fell all my mates." I was like, I'll get this now, I'll get this. I will have Jager bombs and all this, you know. Mm. And I was like thought I was the man, like, you know, mm. nothing about losing my fucking bollocks for the week, like, you know. Like
2: look look at the opposite scale of where you could have been that day, like you had three euros left. Like yeah. you you actually spent two euros on just providing food for yourself and kept the more money, the three euros, like for your actually, your your addiction. Mm. Yeah, you know that's how much of a hole. That's where the that.
1: priority of it was. Yeah. Do you know, like the three euro was top priority. Yeah, Do you know, eating and be able to sustain myself through, like a bit of sugar and a bar of chocolate. Like it wasn't even. Nourishment, like it was just about it's just sugar to keep me going for the day, like you know. Do you know when you were comparing and
0: contrasting your gambling with other gamblers, Mm -hmm. it's the same as drug addiction, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, you know what, No, I'm using coke and he's using Mm -hmm. gear, so Mm -hmm. I'm not too bad, or I'm using, I'm only drinking the odd one or two bottles, he's drinking vodka, you know, I'm grand, or he's fucking. He's smoking hash every night of the week. He only has the odd giant. Yeah. We always try to mm-hmm. rationalize yeah. it, you know, and minimize it. Do mm-hmm. I mean? That's
1: yeah. that's exactly. It. Just you're just like, minimizing. You're, you're you're lying to yourself. Like yeah. you're 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 validating your addiction. Like you're validating what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And like it's, it's 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 just a fallacy. Like it's just. Yeah. Do you
2: know. Do you know what there was a complete lack of back then? Though for, for, for like us, I was the same as that. I'd go on a bender for a week, maybe two weeks. I'd go off it for two months. You know. I'd go off for two months Because if, if I didn't i had been fu- Fucked out of the, ho- the house yeah. thrown out of the house And yeah. you know And I wouldn't see my kids Or whatever Whatever I was doing Because there was a lot of uh, Damage being caused In between all that As well I was Acting out I'd be in trouble With the guards You know I'd be At all sorts of shit Mad stuff With, with drinking And drugs And gambling and stuff But um, If there was more education You know Around it You know For example My idea of uh, an alcoholic or a drug addict was somebody that was living on the streets, mm. you know. Uh we used to call it back then it was the wino mm. remember wino. Oh, we classified the wino as the alcoholic, mm. or somebody sat at a bar stool for seven days a week. There's such a broader aspect, yeah, yeah. there's a context to what an alcoholic or a compulsive gambler is or an addict yeah. or whatever it may be. And
1: like your level of functionality as well. Like I was really high functioning, like do you know what I mean? I and, and I had built up this, like, persona of someone who was doing well, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, I was, like, for anyone looking, like, my parents were, like, delighted with, like, you know, first child in the family to go to college and studying above an UCC, like, you know, proud Mm -hmm. as punch.
0: Did you make it through UCC?
1: No, I dropped out after two years. It was actually two one years. I went back and I repeated first Mm -hmm. year, but sure, like, Mm -hmm. I was repeating it for, you know, I was only repeating it to keep up the um, facade, you know, but, um like, I I went into law, I was studying politics, and then I went in, and I ran in, like, uh, the town council elections in 2009, and I got elected onto the all-town council, and then again, that was another persona of doing well, and, like, you know, kind of have, it was like, I had everything together, like, you know, and, um, but, like, all the while, all this was going on in the background, but, like, just going back to what you were saying, like, you know, you have this image of someone being a down and out and all this like, but like I was really high functioning in what I was trying to portray to ev- everyone to keep up the facade, like you know. So like here I was studying in, in third level, and um, on the on the town council, local councillor, you know, um, like um, getting on grand, you know, and 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 all the while all this shit. Was look, going on, like.
2: g- look, look at your life at like this though, this is what's going through my head at the moment. A lot of your energy, let's say 90% of your energy was focused on your gambling addiction back then. You were still going to college. You were able to get on the town council through election <laughs> from that other 10%. Imagine if you hadn't got this gambling addiction in your life, what you would have accomplished as a person, yeah. you know, and, and how much you would have been able to do for your, your town and, and your studies. 100% yeah you know, it's mad it's, 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 it's absolutely it's, crazy how, yeah. how much control and addiction has over somebody's it life it's set me
1: back years like do you know I'm doing things now that like I wanted to do that I should have been doing when I was 18, 19 like you know and like back then I thought I had it all figured out like do you know I thought I knew everything I, you know I had all I could solve every problem but now like there's I just kinda of keep learning stuff like do yeah. you know what I, mean? I I kind of like now I kind of have a different perspective of like I don't know enough, and I just keep learning and keep progressing and keep um trying to better myself like whereas back then I thought I knew it all and I thought I had it all yeah. sussed out, do you know, and maybe that was the persona that I was trying to to create, and like I suppose it was kind of like a way of blocking like out insecurities and like Mm. I definitely had a fear a lot of fears around say like and I kind of learned this through like doing therapy and stuff first of all through the therapy that I did when I was recovering uh initially from gambling but I continued on that therapy to this day like and mm. um, you know like fear of failure kind of an inferiority complex that I always seem to have and like how you know the root causes of all that um so like I know, i am kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent and into that stuff, like, but. You're not, that's that's, that's all part hard. of the story. Do you know, it's all, yeah. it, it's all part of the story, mm. like, mm. and it kind of. Though, they were all the things that were impacting me and, and what was going on in my head, and it was feeding into that press the fuck it button there again, mm. and fuck everything, and fuck everyone, and all you do is you go to the bookies and you just forget about all your responsibilities, all that mm. you, you, can, you can do. And like, you know, if, if things get tough, you can just uh, kind of focus in on this thing that's going to give you the dopamine and take hit. Take away, yeah. And, and take it away. And it's yeah. like, and and like, I suppose, I don't know what it's like to um be like a heroin addict or I don't know what it's like to be um uh, an alcoholic, but like from stories that you hear it's very much you're looking for the same thing like you're looking for escape it's it's, it's it's the escape
2: escape. it's from the thinking the mind it's it's Mm -hmm. the exact same thing you're looking for something to take you away from emotions that you can't feel you you don't want to feel or thoughts you don't want in your head that's why um, I've often said it on the podcast and James can relate to this that's why I always said drinking drugs saved my life uh, until they nearly killed me in the end And a lot of people were saying What the fuck How could Drinking drugs Save your life Drinking drugs um, Took me away from all the, the thinking That was possibly going to drive me To maybe taking my whole life When I was a young child A young person um, it, it just It went from all that negative thinking And hatred that I had for myself From picking up the first drink or drug and then oh god what's this Uh, where can i get more of this where can i get money for more of this you know to that yeah that's that's what it does that's how it saves your life but then there's the other the opposite scale of it then where it's it just nearly kills you Mm -hmm. you're taking so much of the drug that you could od or you're drinking yourself so badly your liver's failing you know, you're losing your family, you know, your mental health is starting to deteriorate, all these different things, you know. Actually, uh, when did it all actually come to an end for you? Like, when, 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 what was your spiritual awakening or your rock bottom or whatever?
1: So, like, I moved to London in, at the start of 2013. So, I met my girlfriend in 2011 and at the time I had actually given up for a while, just... Mm kind of said to myself look I, I kind of like that i'd never say oh i have a problem i'd say i'm just taking a break there for a while from this you know and at the time i was in a really good place and i met um my met my girlfriend she's now my wife like you know i met her but she had already planned to go studying uh nursing in london so she was going and we did the long distance thing for about a year and i said look i'm not really enjoying being on the council i'm not you know um kind of I needed to get out of y'all like I needed to get away and at the time as well it was just after the big crash and the recession was going on There wasn't much going on there wasn't many job prospects I had dropped out of college so I suppose getting over to London was a way of escape and all that as well so I packed in the the um the politics and i moved over to london in 2000 and started 2013 she was already there a year so um when i went there i suppose it was i was on my own as such she was studying away but i didn't really have any friends i hadn't made any friends uh so like any spare time i'd have i would just go down to the bookies we actually lived we lived in a flat uh, which had two bookies either side of the flat there was a Paddy Power and there was a Coral Bookmakers. So like um I used to just spend a load of free time down there if she was gone off um to college or away with her friends that she she had made and spent an awful lot of time and it kind of spiraled from there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I suppose being away from home then I didn't really have anyone to answer to. I'd only one person to lie to. So like I was I I I was lying to her. Um like there was one day, I just took a day off work. I went gambling for the day, and like came home. She came home and oh, how how was her day at work? Grand, yeah, kind of grand. You know, mm-hmm. um, those kind of things. Um, and I was working in Paddy power for a while. and, I, and a fella came in, and he uh, it was like um, an armed robbery. And um, so I quit working there because it fucking messed me up really. Like, I was terrified. Yeah. Like, you know. So I I took took a bit of time off from there and then I went back for like three hours and I was panicking and I was like, I'm not working here anymore. Rang the boss, I was like, "I'm, I'm leaving. So I got that a temporary. Was, that was
2: after an armed robbery. It was after an day. armed robbery. Yeah, the bookies yeah. you were working inside at.
1: the bookies Saturday morning half eight. Fella, come in! Give me the fucking money. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like yeah. no matter what. There you go, four hundred quid. <laughs> Do you want a tip as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He got picked up a couple of. He got picked up a couple of days later, and uh, he got time and stuff like that. That affected you, know? you though. Did it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember they gave me two weeks off, and I was going back to work, and I couldn't sleep and i uh, got woke at like six in the morning i was like getting a panic attack and stuff like that first yep. time i ever yeah. it that ever happened to me but that went on and that kind of pushed me more into going to the bookies then like going yeah. at, the, at the outside of the counter and spending every single penny i had like and i remember there we were living in an apartment i was like digging under the cushions looking for 20 pence to have a bet know because i was i just gotten like a temporary i went to like a recruitment agency and got a temporary um admin job just in an office answering phones and all this kind of stuff so like i i I could i was just spending everything i had and like it was coming up to the summer jenny was going home for the for a few weeks i couldn't afford to go home and i just kind of said that it was around like um you know the job situation and stuff like that, but like it was because I was gambling, so um we were moving to a new flat we were living in Deptford, which is down in southeast London. We were moving to north London with our housemates uh two other two other girls um two other nurses that Jenny was friends with, and uh we were to pay a deposit for the flat, and uh, I just lost all the money that I had for the deposit while Jenny was at home in ireland so she came back anyway and i was like what the fuck am i gonna do like what am i going i was like w- w- like i was just trying to think of situations to get me out of it like you know and i was like will i just get on like the euro the euro thing and just go to france like and just run away and like no one will ever hear from me like you know and uh <laughs> do you know it's just like mad mad way. things going on like um mm. thinking of different scenarios like so i was like it, i'm just gonna have to tell her like i'm gonna like i have a problem I'm going to have to tell her that I have a problem so she came back from Ireland and um, had she any idea of at this, not, at this stage not, th- there was a problem no idea you were have to hide it that well Hiding it yeah no, n- no. And, and she still says it to me she was like I didn't know it was a problem till it was over mm-hmm. do you know do you know that's how kind of high functioning I was around it um, and like it's different to like that's the difference then between a substance abuse and and something that's or a substance uh, addiction mm-hmm. and something that's like a psychological addiction. And mm-hmm. um, because like I could put a smile on my face and tell everyone that uh, it's all rosy in the garden. Mm-hmm. So it took me about 45 minutes between me saying I have something to tell you and me saying I have a gambling problem. And uh, that was, I remember like she was fantastic. She was really supportive um and like said it's going to be okay like we'll we'll get it started don't worry about it like you know you've told me now it could be worse like do you know what i mean you could you could be dying or you know mm. she kind of was able to rationalize it a little bit for me and she was a fantastic support like she was amazing in fairness um so i remember going to bed that night like in the sense of relief like mm. it was just like it's like it's like Someone was after taking the weight of the world off my shoulders and putting it down next to me and I could just relax because I was going to bed previously and I was just like thinking where can I get money now tomorrow, how much uh, can I bet if I have two pounds now and I put on, if I back a six to four shot and an even money shot right that's a tenner uh, and I have a tenner then if I get one more even money shot that's a score. Scored six to four, then it's 50 quid. I like 50 quid straight away. Do you know? My mind was just going 90 mm. miles an hour all along, and then the next night I go to bed and I lose, and I'd be like, what a fucking idiot, you know? Kicking myself again. So it was real kind of a spiral thing, you know? Yeah. So that was not just to remind
2: people now again about that. It, it's not about how much money you have. It's the amount of control it has over your thinking and yeah. your life. The gambling addiction—it was it?
1: consuming every thought yeah. I had. Like it was yeah. like and everything I used to do. Like it was all around. Like you know, if we were going somewhere and I and I didn't know like the area stuff like that, I'd like my eyes would be going like, "Where's the nearest bookies?" Like you know, mm-hmm. I'd have it. I'd be after copping on to where the nearest bookies yeah. was. Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was starting to bet online as well. You know, I was betfair, and I was thinking I could be a professional gambler here now on yeah. betfair. Like. Betting and laying and all this, yeah. you know, it's yeah. mad things I was thinking, like you know. Yeah. But um, so that was August 2013. But I didn't stop until um January 2014. So like, I gave up for about six weeks, and um, I started playing GA over London as well, playing a bit of Gaelic football. And when I went out with I went out one night with a few lads, and um, there was a bookies' alongside the pub, and I was like, I. I I didn't have much money left like so I wanted to stay out for a few more points so I was like I'll go in and try and back a horse and get a few quid and I can stay out and have a few more points so I did that then I kind of started getting more into it again and again hiding it from Jenny pretending that I wasn't betting and um it was the October bank holiday weekend over here and a few of the boys from home were coming over to London there was uh an NFL game on in Wembley. And they were coming over for the match. So I said come over. Stay in my place. Um, we're after getting the tickets. Tickets paid for all this kind of stuff. And um, I'll meet you. Liverpool Street. Get get it, get the tube in or whatever. I'll finish work at 5 o'clock. I'll meet you at 6 o'clock. So mm-hmm. finish work anyway. Went down. I was waiting for the first fella. The first fella was work, working in Dublin. And um, he was the first fella to arrive. So... I had about a half an hour to kill, and there was labrooks up, it was up on like, the, you know, it's like kind of like Mahan Point, mm-hmm. um, the kind of wraparound, and on the first floor, I saw the labrooks, so I was like, I'll go up there, sure, Well, I'm waiting, and I had about 150 or 200, 200 quid, to get me through the weekend, with the boys, and we'd have a laugh, and do you know, and um, went up there anyway, and the space of the 45 minutes, I lost every penny I had, for the whole weekend, and like, I'd already like, told jenny that i'd given up gambling and i didn't want to admit to anyone else at the time that i had a problem so my um, first lad arrived and he said we'll go for a pint while we're waiting for the boys to come in from from the Cork flight they were due in like an hour or something I said, no matter, it's a pub across the road um so i said you'll get him in there yeah yeah no matter." so he got the first point then yeah my round I'm going to have to leave my wallet at home... Mm. Any chance of loan 20 quid there... Until we get back to my place... Yeah no bother... No bother... So I gave him 20 quid... Got mm. home anyway... I said to Jenny... I was like look... It was the end of the month... We used to get paid monthly... I was like... I'm a bit t- tight for cash now... With the lads around for the weekend... Then would you be able to help me out... You know... 50 quid or whatever... Get me by for the weekend... Uh, yeah... No hassle... No hassle... Um, and like... One of the boys... Well, I remember on the Saturday morning... Then we were in my apartment... And we... After breakfast... And we were going out... I was, we were going doing a bit of sightseeing or whatever like... And um, one of them was like... Sure we might have a bet. Will we, we stop off the bookies and do the pools? And like... It didn't matter to him. Like they were just like... They were just occasional mm. gamblers. It wasn't a thing that they had a problem. I was like... Oh no, no, I don't gamble anymore lad. And like... The, the night before I was after losing every penny I had inside yeah. my pocket. You know? Mm. And I was still kicking myself over that. You know? So that... That kind of went on for a few months. And then... I remember we came, I went, we went home for Christmas and um, like that I was like borrowing money off my brother. He was home from Australia and, uh, you know, I asked him for a loan of money and stuff like that. And asking, you know, my parents, I remember asking my granddad for a loan of money and losing money in the bookies then again. And um, we went back to London and about halfway through the month I would like a pound left. For the whole month. And I uh, know we we'd food in the, in the cupboards and stuff like that. So I kind of knew like with all our bills paid. With our rent paid. So I went into the bookies on my way home from work on a Wednesday night. And uh, I put on like a bet. It was like Man City to... Um, I don't know, Sergio Weirot to score first. Man City to uh, win in a half time. And Man City to win 3-0. It was this outl- outrageous bet like that was about... I don't know, 400 to 1 like and um, your man g- brought out the lock gave it to your man he gave it back to me and uh, I just looked at it and I just started laughing and I just fucked it in the bin and I was like I'm not doing this anymore I'm f- done with this Like, I can't put myself through this anymore my head was just melted like so I went home to the apartment the two other girls we were living with were there Jenny was at work chatting away today when I was on the laptop and like just normal like do you know and I was like got onto Gamcare it was a UK charity that helped people with, with with gambling problems and I went on to the thing like and I was like, I typed in uh, I'm not sure if I have a problem but this is what's going on and I told them the story and um they were like okay they set up um they set up that I'd meet one of their counsellors to go through like um an initial an initial kind of an interview of what's going on and then about 10 days between getting on to them on their online chat To me, sitting in front of a counselor and starting my my recovery, Mm. so that's kind of the story of how it came to a head, you know. Um, But like, like I I remember digging under the. I I still remember lifting up the cushions inside the apartment, looking for twenty pence to, you know. And it like seemed not like it was like when I think back on it, like I was. It feels like it was someone else. Like it feels like I'm telling you Mm. about someone else's life.
2: It's the same for you know? an, an addict or an alcoholic. Yeah. They'll yeah. tear, they'll tear the whole house apart yeah. for for a tablet or a bag or, or or a bottle or whatever, whatever it is, just yeah. to just to take them away from that ang- anxious feeling mm-hmm. that they they have, you know. So, um, did you go to treatment
0: or did you do therapy? Or I what? did therapy. It's called counseling.
1: Counseling, yeah. I used to do weekly therapy counseling sessions. And I said to my boss, I said, I have to go away every Tuesday, a half an hour early. And she's like, all right. And uh, she's kind of looking at me, uh, like waiting for me to say, like, oh, I have to, and I was like, look, I can't tell you what's going on, but I need to do it. And she just, that's no problem. So I told her about six months later, what the story was. And she was like, no problem at all. Mm. No problem, do you know, but, um, I used to go, there was a place in Clapham Junction, their office, like, really nondescript kind of a building, like, you'd never know where you were going, like, you know, Mm. and, and like, I was very lucky as well, just to say that nobody knew me in London, I had the anonymity of going away and getting help, like, Mm. whereas, like, if I was living at home, I mightn't have done it because I still would have been around, you know, people who were into gambling Mm. or, you know, I would have had the same habits, whereas... It was a lot easier for me. I was away from my parents. They didn't have to know about it Mm. until I was ready to tell them. That's a good point. What you
2: made there is about hiding that you have a problem. That's a massive thing for Irish people. And it's not just for gambling. It's for drug addiction and alcoholism and stuff. People don't like being known as an alcoholic or an addict. There's There's nothing wrong with admitting that you have a problem with substance or alcohol or gambling or whatever it may be. It's becoming more out there these days, isn't it, James? Mm. Like people yeah. are starting to talk about Definitely. it and more. And like I
1: in in the tw- in the it's seven years now, like but about halfway through that initial, we did twelve weeks of therapy, and about halfway through, we were coming home for a friend's wedding, and I had a, I had a session at um, half four on the Tuesday. We were getting the train out to Stansted to fly home. So I said to Jenny, I'll on the train. We'll get the train out. And I remember I had made the decision that I was going to tell my parents and a couple of very close family and friends that I had a problem. And I remember me inside the therapy session, like, and I just cried for the hour, like, Mm-hmm. I was like my parents and my family they're going to think I'm useless they're going to think I'm a failure they're going to think I've fucked up my life and I went through all those and I was like really irrational things mm-hmm. when I look back in it but for me at the time at that point in my recovery I was thinking like those were the, the thoughts that were going through my head you know that I was that I had failed and mm-hmm. um, you know and 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 like do you know, by uh, telling them killed as well... Me, like, it, it, it killed me, like, you know... Yeah. But, sorry, go
2: ahead. By telling those, your loved ones and everybody else around you... About your gambling, your I guarantee you... A lot of your behaviours previously would have made sense to them as well. Exactly. You know, you were able to explain yourself... Mm-hmm. They probably didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. for you... But now you're after coming out and saying, listen... I I have a gambling addiction, I'm a compulsive gambler, this is why I would have been lying to you, this is why I would have done this, or that, or whatever, and you know what, they would have said back, you know what, at least now we know why he was that way, Mm now we have our son back, because he's after coming out, and he's after talking to us, Mm -hmm. so that's a massive point you made there, is is to to come clean, and, and tell your family, tell your family exactly what's going on for you, you know, because they may need to know, why you act a certain way? Why mm. you might have a certain behaviour in your life? Because they haven't a clue. Like, yeah. particularly you, around gambling, because it's something that you do in the background. Mm. You can either do it online or do it in the bookies it's or whatever. It, like, you yeah. know, there's no, there's no in your face, um, something like describing what's going on, like a drug addict or an alcoholic. An alcoholic will follow around the place, and it, mm. their behaviours, whatever. Same as a drug addict. You know. With a gambler, it's a different ball game. It's a hidden addiction, like you know. Yeah.
1: And like just going back to that day, like I couldn't have been more wrong in their reactions, like you know. When I told them, like their support and the love and everything that they that they the reaction was completely different to what I thought it was going to be and how I built it up in my head, like you know. Mm. And I thought to myself, like it can't. Like after that, like it was like there's nothing can be any worse than what I've gone through mm. now over the last six or eight months, you know, and it gave me that little bit of a, um, do you know, it was like, it was almost like, I don't know, a suit of armor or something, for want of a better mm. word, do you know, kind of prepared me for anything else that I went through, you know, and it kind of helped me to open up more mm. in counseling and it was like peeling an onion away every week. I used to love going to counseling mm. therapy sessions. Like I was like, I can talk about this now this week and, you know, like the first time I went to therapy, I came away and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week because I just talked about everything. Mm-hmm. But then you go and you, you delve more into it and you delve more into it. And I still do it. I still go to therapy. Do you go to uh, GA or any of those? I never of... went to GA. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that... It, it just... I found the therapy so good. Like, mm-hmm. I just... I, and I really got into it. Like, I loved going. Like, mm-hmm. I used to love a Tuesday afternoon. I knew I was finishing work that little bit early. Um, and I, I I just I just love I I loved it like I still love it. I still love going to therapy I still find it life changing like you know certain
2: things work for different people yeah. and Gam- yeah.
1: Gambler's Anonymous might have worked yeah. for me at so the time let's I don't talk know.
2: about a few of those um places that you got help yeah so are they around in Ireland there's you know, no
1: cause... charity that provides the service in Ireland that they provide in the UK okay. so free at the point like free counselling Um. From a charity It doesn't exist in Ireland For gambling For gambling Okay Do you know Um Specifically Gamcare mm. is the The charity in the UK Okay um, There There's aren't me. the services In Ireland That they have over there You know And again I was very lucky That they were available To me at the time mm. But like Again, if I was over here, I don't know if I would have had those services. You probably would find Mm -hmm. services, free addiction services in Ireland, but you'd have to go looking for them. Mm -hmm. And there might be some cost involved. But like, if there was a cost involved to me getting therapy at the time, I wasn't going to save 60 quid a a week to go to therapy. Because what I'd have done with the 60 quid a week is I'd have gone to the bookies, Mm. you know. Yeah, that's yeah, the beauty
0: of Gamblers Anonymous then like, isn't it? yeah, it's yeah. just a that's free it. service it's free right?
1: service and mm. I know people who have gone to Gamblers Anonymous and they have turned their life around do mm. you know mm. and there are loads of if you like I, I thought about going to Gamblers Anonymous um, when I, we moved back we moved back to Ireland at the end of 2014 to have our first child so in the middle of my um Recovery. The, the first we found out that we were having a baby, and that was a huge turning point as well. To kind of focus my mind, mm. and it could have gone anyway. It could have yeah. gone either way. I could have, I could have gone and pressed that self-destruct fucker button again, mm. but I didn't. I was able to work through it with the therapy. I was very lucky, you know. But like that, there's gambler loads of gamblers Anonymous meetings mm. going on all over Cork, all over Ireland, mm. and if you just type in gamblers Anonymous, you will find yourself a meeting. Um, so, like, that's very important for anyone like that's going through um, a problem, or you know, they're listening to this or watching this, and they think, "Fuck it, I can relate to a lot of yeah. what he's saying." There, I, I've a lot of the same habits, like you know.
2: Yeah, and you do a lot. Like you, we've spoke before the podcast as well. You, you have a poem uh, that is related to gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, you're gonna, yeah, give to us, there, no? Yeah, look, minute. if we
0: if we can just fast forward at the yeah. present day because yeah. we're stuck for time I mean, at the okay. moment. Um, what are you doing with yourself today and as Timmy said you're a bit of a poet
1: yeah so I'm working full time I'm working in um, uh, an operator here in one of the medical device companies in in East Cork Um, my wife is nursing in CUH and looking after the two boys as well keep us busy and uh, I do write I write poetry as well so I just set up my own website there and I I put my poems out on my social medias and stuff like that so I kind of perform them in a spoken word rather than have them written down you know I prefer yeah. to kind of perform them and um,
0: we'll we link all your, your website and your social media really is in the description but if you want to yeah. if you want to close us out with your poem with your, about gambling
1: I will yeah yeah I will if that's alright so it uh, it's called Tunnel Vision and there's probably a lot of it that even not problem gamblers can relate to but a lot of people who are in, who are in addiction could probably relate to it so um, if I can remember it by heart there now My mind overridden by a pure tunnel vision. This insatiable appetite that's never satisfied. The rush of adrenaline, risking everything. The roll of a dice, this crippling vice. They're under starter's orders, the dogs behind the traps. And as my breath gets shorter, there's no time to relax. I've got to get the money on, I have to place that bet. Then just as fast the money's gone and I have nothing left. But any time I try to quit, I get seduced back in. And every time I recommit to that elusive win. And I tell myself, this gambling, it's just a means to an end. Then suddenly I'm scrambling in search of cash to spend. So when the ATM refuses me, I'll dig behind the cushions. This obsession, it abuses me and I'm blind to repercussions. And from that haze a fog descends and brings persistent pressure. I can't refrain or make amends, addicted to the pleasure. I don't know where to go from here, I mean above my head. If all I owe could disappear and take this constant dread, because I'm tired of the struggle, the endless scrimp and scrape, this unrelenting juggle so desperate to escape. And I feel my mind eroding, In this search for short delight. And I feel myself self-loathing. As I toss and turn at night. Where the thoughts turn to tomorrow. While I lay there wide awake. And I'll beg or steal or borrow. Just to make the same mistakes. My mind overridden by a pure tunnel vision. This insatiable appetite that's never satisfied. The rush of adrenaline. Risking everything. The roll of a dice. My crippling vice. Excellent, brilliant.
0: We
2: just want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, which was a fantastic story. It could relate to a lot of your stuff, you know, and I'm sure James could as well mm-hmm. in certain different ways, you know, because James, you never had a gambling addiction. No, I never wasted
0: you, any money or uh, on running and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> you needed it all. <laughs>
1: You know, but,
2: you know, f- yeah. uh, there's a lot of people going to relate to it, um, a lot of people that are going to think that they don't have a problem, but when they're going to listen to your story, they're going to look at their own lives a little bit closer, yeah, and see, uh, and uh, question themselves, so thank you very, very much for coming on and, and sharing your story, as I said, um, and... Let's see where it goes. No, thanks a million. That's if, not, if anybody wants to contact you again, yeah, James said. Yeah, your social media. Anyone
1: there. that look, uh, like I'm not a counsellor or anything like that. But if there is anyone that you know might feel like they have a problem, I'll point them in the right direction. I'll signpost them to services that mm. are available uh, in in Ireland. And you know, there, even there's like a gambling therapy app that's out mm. there that you can get. You know, but. Just like before we finish, can I just say, like, I've listened, I've, I've binged on your podcast over the last three mm-hmm. days. I've listened to eight hours of your podcast.
0: Typical um, addict's behaviour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> typical addict <laughs> behaviour. It's brilliant, like, you're fantastic. You're Thank doing you. savage work for your local area. I, I work with a lot of people um, in, in my job. There's a good few people from, from up around Knocknohinie and they know, they know who you are, like, you yeah. know, and they're saying, jeez, you know, it's fantastic. It's so positive, yeah. such a positive outlook around you. um, your area and, and around, um, you know, like areas, it, 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 no matter where they are, yeah. like, do you know? Because like,
0: addiction permeates every social class. It does. And every neighbourhood in, in Ireland has people struggling with gambling and drugs and mental health and all these things. Correct. So yeah. that's who we're reaching. Yeah. We Are Norries, that's the name of the podcast, but it's for everybody.
1: It yeah. is, and like, there could be areas, there could be people living in South Africa or living in there is
2: we have a South African lady that we do, watches yeah. the podcast all the time and <laughs> yeah. like we just want to just I just say I uh, get well soon and hope everything is going well for you And um, so I just said I'd have to throw that in because she's always Yeah, oh, that's, yeah.
1: that's unreal. But like do you know, they could like they might have an awful lot in common with what you have to say, you mm. know, whereas there might be someone living ten minutes down the road from me who Having a clue what you're on about you know yeah. so like it's such a universal thing but yeah. like obviously it, hel- it helps like y- you know your sense of place and stuff um all feeds into um your podcast and the positivity of it all but i, I really enjoy it and thanks like so i can i can see why it's such a hit so because much. it's so it's so authentic like you know mm, and it's million. really good so and well, thank you yeah yeah. so I just wanted to say that before we finish
2: thanks a million and just to finish up listen. Um, thanks again for coming on um, and I'm sure your story is going to help an awful lot of people even in y'all a lot of people are going yes. to look lean towards you maybe, maybe a mother maybe a husband mm. maybe someone, a brother, whoever it may be listen I'm sure you'll give them whatever help they'll need just point yep. them in the right direction so that's it for again today um, we just want to thank everybody that's um, listening to the podcast and all your lovely comments and youtube and everywhere else um, and thank you very much so for me goodbye and
0: see you later lads thank you take
1: care hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter